So what in the world was happening in that encounter between God and Moses? Moses struggled quite a bit with his faith, especially with the faith of his people. And he said, you know, Lord, they're not believing. They don't, they don't get it. So the Lord, as has been the case, as we've read throughout the Old Testament with Moses, was losing patience. So he said, what do you have in your hand? And, and, and Moses said, I've, I've got a staff. So he said, throw that to the ground. So he throws, he throws it to the ground. And then he is instructed to, to pick it up. And he picks it up. And he's got one of these. We're all familiar with these, right? Um, I hope no one is too concerned or too frightened of snakes. This one, I can assure you, is a rubber snake. It was delivered to us by Amazon. Doug, you have a little concern? Or <laughs> Cindy's pointing at you. Anyway, um, so very strange. And, and probably for some of you, this is not a real reassuring sight, right? Even a plastic version. Uh, Moses was not happy at all. He, he wanted out of there. But the Lord said, go over again and pick it up. And his staff reappeared. So this is... Uh, Pretty interesting stuff. And the whole point was to say to Moses, take this message back to their people. Let's get rid of this lack of faith, okay? We need the people to understand. And that's your job. You have been commissioned to share your faith with other people. So go out there and do it. So Jesus literally scared the bejeebers out of Moses with this snake, which, of course, at that time was, was live. So that raises the question for us today here in 2021. How often should we talk about our faith? Uh, should we do it once a year or, or quarterly? Maybe even once a month? How about even once a week? Theoretically, every message that comes to you from the pulpit should have something to do with faith. But every once in a while, it should be directed and zeroed in exclusively on our faith. So today is one of those days, and hopefully, I tried to look at where everyone was. Hopefully, everyone can see this. Um, let me move the flowers for the moment. Um, what's that? In the altar? Okay. So we can see in the center of this illustration is our faith. It's bold. It's black. It comes to us loud and clear. But surrounding our faith is a variety of sayings that you've heard over the years about belief, including today's message. Hopefully you can see it. I know some of them are a little bit faded. Believe it or not. Right? We've all heard that. Believe it or not. I'm about to tell you a story you may not believe, but it's true. Okay? There are a number of other sayings related to that. Maybe you said it yourself. That's beyond belief. I can't believe what I just saw. Absolutely beyond belief. Some of us, hopefully all of us who are entrenched in our faith say, I do believe. Okay? Believe can be a noun or a verb. But in this case, we, we make sure that people understand, as Moses probably didn't at the time, I do believe. And sometimes that confidence really lifts up others as well couple of other sayings, believe what you want to believe. We're hearing that a lot these days, right? You believe this, you believe that, believe what you want to believe. And that's really what it's all about anyway, right? Even when it comes to our faith, <clears throat> you can believe what you want to believe. 
But as a fellowship of believers, there are certain fundamental aspects of what we believe. And that serves as the foundation for our faith. So in our gathering here today, and those of us joining us at home or wherever they may be, may differ a little bit on an interpretation of this or their understanding of something else, but we all have the basic essential faith, which is rooted in Jesus Christ, our Savior. But there's all these other things about believing. How about this? Believe in your heart. Does that make a difference when you really believe it? I believe in my heart. Okay? Hard to change someone's belief when they believe it like that in their heart and even in their soul. Uh, would you believe? Sometimes we begin a sentence like that. Would you believe what I just saw? Hard to believe. If you're Mr. Rogers, you're in the land of make-believe. But when you're in that land of make-believe, everything is believable. We suspend disbelief. And um, where's the one that my dad used to say? Um, it's up here somewhere. Um, I don't see it. Uh, anyway, it's up here somewhere. But he always would say to me, believe you me. Which meant, I better believe. I, he's, he's speaking the gospel right now. And I better, I better listen to what he has to say. So... I bring all of this to your attention because I want to look at the antithesis of faith for a little bit this morning. That being what we call atheism or, or non-belief. Uh, an op-ed piece, an opinion piece in the New York Times caught my attention a couple of weeks ago. And um, it was about faith. And it struck me as strange because the New York Times, which is the bastion of journalistic integrity, and they only print the truth, uh, or so they say, um, that they would put in an article about faith sort of struck me as a little bit strange. It was an op-ed piece, and it was called A Guide to Faith. And in it, the columnist talks first about an atheist and his belief, the atheist's belief, that we are under this spell, that when you buy into the faith, you're under a spell. And therefore, you can't really think clearly on your own. You can't think critically. You can't see what is right in front of you. But the author, the columnist here says, oh, maybe it's quite the opposite. Maybe it's the atheist that has the bias. Maybe it's the atheist who, doesn't, who rejects the truth and the faith that is seen and, and is to be believed. So I was thinking back on my faith journey. And um, I have never... I've had the good fortune. I have never been in a situation where I didn't believe. I've been challenged, uh, occasionally had doubt, but I've never been in a situation where I haven't believed. I would imagine that many of you are in that same camp. Although there are some, of course, who said, eh, I'm not sure. I, I just don't know. Or, or it's taken me a while. And you may still be on that journey. And that's absolutely fine. But the, the world as a whole continues to yearn for absolute proof that there is God, that there is a God. Absolute proof. Well, those of us who believe can cite works from the gospel. We can cite things that have happened in the past, and we can say, there's no doubt in my mind, that's proof. But actually, when you have faith, okay, you don't necessarily have to have proof. You just believe. And that's where we are here today. There's a group at the College of Worcester that I came in contact with, uh, sort of accidentally, um, called the Free Thinkers Club, which is a code name for young atheists. And I actually felt bad. They were good kids, 
But they were firmly entrenched in the belief that there is no God. And if you believe that there's a God, you can't think critically. You just can't. And I did not know how to reach out to them. I was at a loss. I, I, I wanted to say something. Occasionally I would start to, to mumble and stumble a little bit, but I didn't really know how. I felt like the, the spell that was on them was, was so deep and so strong that they weren't going to believe anything that I would say. To me, that's the saddest scenario of all. It's sad in my mind when anybody is a non-believer, but when it's a young person at such a young age, they've, they've, they've dug in and they say, no God, you, I'm, I'm an intelligent person. You can't tell me there's a God. You know, I know this, that, and the other thing. But in fact, we know differently. We have been created with the ability to reason, to, emphasize, to empathize, to be selfless, and to be compassionate, just like our Creator. Science has answered many, many questions for us, but science has raised infinitely more questions. You may remember Carl Sagan, the brilliant astronomer who passed away some years ago. He became famous for his saying that there are billions and billions of stars. We all remember that, right? He was even on The Tonight Show. It's a pretty engaging figure. So there's this story, and you may have heard it because it's been documented in, in various publications, that one day the atheist, Carl Sagan, had lunch with another scientist who happened to be a believer. And so he begins the conversation by saying, and I don't know what her name was, but now how can you, who know so much about science, and about the universe, how can you possibly believe that there is a God? And the woman, the scientist with whom he was having lunch said, Carl, how can you be so educated? How can you know so much about science and the universe and think that there is not a God? To me, that's a pretty strong statement. And I think that's where we are with our faith. But sometimes we don't know what to do with it, how to spread it. How to share it. Belief is indeed, not just in the mind, but in the heart and in the soul of the believer. A member of our congregation once, uh, in, a, in a conversation I had with him in, in the office, was sort of sharing his faith, and, and he said, uh, you know, I, I just knew. I just knew. And I thought that short statement was so eloquent and had such great impact, I just knew and continues to know to this day. So as we move on here and we think about and try to process the truths that we do know, the things that science has revealed to us, where do we go from here? Well, the Times columnist concludes his piece by saying, the progress of science and the experience of modernity have actually strengthened the reasons to entertain that God exists. And I like the word entertain because sometimes we're so exuberant with our faith that we want to take it and just kind of jam it down the other person's throat. And everybody has to come by faith on their own. So what we're trying to do as believers is to encourage others to entertain the possibility about what we already know, that there is a God. Likewise, our scientific minds, our scientific advances indicate that our minds do have something in common with the universe. 
I think we all know that creation was not a random act. It would be foolish to believe that, no matter how educated you may be. But try as we might, we will never attain God's infinite level of intellect. And we're reminded of that in the book of Isaiah. Over and over again, I think about these passages. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes, sometimes we just have to step back and surrender and accept and believe. And I believe that that's what you have done. So, who's our role model from here? Moses wasn't so sure. Picked up the snake, became frightened, had his mind changed. But how about John? John, the one who, was, who came in advance of Jesus. He himself wasn't the light, nor are we. But like him, we can testify about the light and even reflect it. The true light that shines on all people. The light of the world that was brought into existence. Unfortunately, that world, much of that world did not recognize the light. And even to this day, many people do not recognize the light. They do not believe. But this is what's encouraging for those of us gathered here today. But those who welcome him, those who believe in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. That's who you are. When we talk about being born again in Christ, that's who you are. So, if I may borrow from our board here, believe it or not, the creation story and the existence of a mighty and loving God is really not all that hard to believe. So believe what you want to believe. You can even make believe if you wish. But believe you me, as my father used to say, I do believe in my heart and in my soul that God is Lord of all. And I believe that you do too. So, as we prepare to move out into the world, let us spread the word so that others may finally hear, see, and believe. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the heart to believe. Help us to restore and renew our faith, so that we may serve you as ambassadors and share the good news with everyone we encounter. This we pray with great anticipation today and always. Amen.